Hi, it's Father Rick, and I want to welcome you to St. Michael's Episcopal Church. I'm really glad you found us. Please know that we accept you wherever you are on your spiritual journey, and we trust that God will take you where you need to be, right in God's timing. We're just glad that you're here with us, and we hope you enjoy today's sermon. God bless. Oh God, you are here, and we are here, Lord. May we be here together, and may the words of my mouth and a meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it's good to see everyone. I hope you've managed well through this little hiccup we've had this past week. I hope it was mild for, for most. I, uh, I know it was pretty um, intense, so... Glad to see you. And if, you're, if you feel like you need to spread out a little bit, we have some chairs up front here. <laughs> I came in, I was like, wow, man, church is crowded this morning. And then I got up here, and I'm like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> in all seriousness, it's really good to see everyone, and I'm really, really grateful that you're here. So uh, a few years back when I was a rector at a former parish, I had a young woman, a single mom, come to me, made an appointment in my office, and she came to me, and it was an interesting conversation we had. She said, I am a single mother, and I have a limited income, and I've been praying for the past several months about trusting God with my life, with everything, she said. I mean, I really want to step out and abandon myself to God. Now, for me, being in the office, being the priest, I could tell she was moving from this place and this idea of belief in God, being a church attender, if you will, and one who was um, wanting to lean in fully into this idea of becoming a disciple, one who truly tries to pattern their life after Jesus and live in to this life, this kingdom life that he always calls us to. And she says, one of the last areas that I really feel I want to completely trust God in my life is with my money. Now, guess what? As a priest, it's not often people come to me and sit in my office and go, you know, Father Rick, I really want to trust God with my money. What shall I do? She said, I give, but I really want to let go of trusting in how much or how little I have and trust God fully with everything, including my dependence on money. And what she was doing, again, is moving from just mere belief things about God or about church or whatever and into this idea of my life, I completely trust to God. It goes from belief to trust. And those two things are radically different. And so I ask, are you like this woman? You know, you're desiring to grow in your trust of God and God's care of every facet of your life? I mean, do you believe, do you actually believe that God is trustworthy? Do you believe it? You're nodding your head, yes, thank you. All right. 
Or maybe you're like the man who fell off the cliff. Now, I'm sure you all have heard this before, but I couldn't pass it up. You know, you fell off the cliff. The man fell off the cliff, and on his way down, he grabs a tree branch. You all have heard this story before, right? And he yells, is anyone up there? And it's, the voice comes back, says, I am here. I am the Lord. Do you believe me? He says, yes, Lord, I believe. I really believe, but I can't hang on much longer. That's right. It's all right. Don't worry. You have nothing to worry about. I will save you. Just let go of the branch. Is anybody else up there? (laughs) Right? Are you like that with faith? All our lessons today are ultimately about trust, about what we call faith. And it begins with the disciples asking Jesus to increase our faith. Now, Jesus had been traveling with his disciples. He had been asking some extraordinary things of of them. And and he was essentially, you all have to remember this. Jesus had a mindset. And Jesus' mindset was what he called the kingdom of God. How life would be lived if God ruled and reigned and got his way among humanity here on earth, just as in heaven. In other words, Jesus was laying out the demands of this life of love, right? This self-giving agape love. And he says things like, you got to give away your possessions, He told them they have to repeatedly forgive those whom had wronged them and come back with asking for forgiveness. He said things like, you got to take up your cross, you got to deny you this, you got to do that, and all kinds of things, right? He said some pretty wild things. And I preached a sermon a few weeks ago where I said, oh, Man, I wish Jesus wouldn't have said that, right? And he said some things that made them uncomfortable as well. And so it's not surprising that the disciples finally look at him and say, Hey, increase our faith. Now, the word for faith in the New Testament is pistis, the Greek. And it actually means trust. Trust. Oftentimes when you say, when we use the word belief, we believe or or uh, God so loved the world that whoever believes, right? What he is really saying is who entrust themselves to him, right? And there's a difference between, you know, I believe some things about God, or I believe in God. I do that with my little West Virginia accent. You, You like that? Yeah, right. I believe some things about God. Or, you know, I believe, I think I believe in Jesus and, you know, the cross. I, I believe, I, I believe that stuff. And there's a different thing, and there's a difference, though, in trusting your life to it. In trusting your life to the one who offers you life here and now, eternally. The one who wants to cre- who created you for something and wants to fulfill that in your life. And entrusting yourself to that is a big difference than believing it. And so Jesus was trying to get them to understand that this is really about trust. Notice that the disciples didn't ask for wealth or comfort or prestige or safety. They were asking for faith. Hey, we're with you. 
but help us. Give us some, help us trust you, you know. They were feeling inadequate somewhat to the task that they, that was around them. They were feeling insufficient to the challenges and maybe unable to accomplish any of what he was asking. So they're saying, hey, increase my faith. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like, you know, I want to do this. I want to do this and I'm buying in. But I need you to increase my faith, God. I mean, life is unpredictable, isn't it? I mean, we've just found out this past week, guess what? Things happen out in the Atlantic Ocean and all of a sudden we're all, boom, here we are. I mean, there are ups and downs along the way. Many of us want to trust God. I believe that. And when times are good and the hurricane moves far out in the middle of the Atlantic somewhere, hey, life is good, right? It's easy. But I think we've all faced those times in our lives where, like the disciples, the odds do seem against us. And we look to God to help us, but we also look to God to help me believe, help me to trust. And so that's what the disciples were doing. Help us to trust And so Jesus tells them essentially two things. One, if they acted upon a tiny amount of faith, like a mustard seed, or like one of these that I found in the floor in here this morning, like that, not even that much. He goes, if you would just take this much faith and put it into action, nothing would be impossible. Look at that. Just that much. See, the amount is unimportant. It's, it's what faith does when it's put into motion. Um, that is the willingness to do what needs to be done this much. And Jesus says, when you do this much, this much, it's not very much, is it? This much, just do it. And miracles will happen. There will be oak trees that come out of this. See, the amount isn't important. If you had faith as an acorn, as a mustard seed, or like a mustard seed, miracles would happen. You could say to this mulberry tree, go be planted, it would obey you. Isn't that amazing? What's he getting at? Faith is the energy that allows us to participate with God. Faith takes us off our chairs and into the world. Faith takes our belief And puts it into action. See, trusting God is what it's all about. But trusting God is not about ignoring our feelings or our reality. It's not pretending that everything is okay when it isn't. That's not what Jesus is saying. Trusting God is living a life of belief in and obedience to God. Even maybe when it seems difficult when it seems like i i don't know if i can do this and he says all she needs this much just this much if we know and trust in our purpose as a part of god's grand plan master kingdom then there's no end to what our lives may produce you just need this Isn't that amazing? The second thing he says to him, and 
It offends our 21st century sensibilities. But he says, talks to him about this slave-master relationship. What's he getting at there? Well, the slave understands that his time and labor belong to the master, not to himself. And the, master, and the slave is only doing his duty. This Jesus is talking about, hey, if your slave came in after tending the vineyards all day, you wouldn't say, hey, sit down, let me fix you something to eat. No, you would say to the slave, hey, fix me dinner and maybe later you can get something, right? And then the person responds, well, I'm just doing my duty, right? That's what I'm here. See, and that's what he's trying to get at. Faith is not some kind of scarce resource that needs to be saved, spent, attitude, and all the rest. Moreover, faith isn't heroic. It isn't some super, you know... Superman kind of work. No, faith is instead simply and humbly doing what needs to be done. Big or small, greater mundane, just because it needs doing. And Jesus says you only need this much. And you already have it. And it seems like he's saying to the disciples, so then what are you going to do with the faith that is in you? Norman Vincent Peale wrote a book, and I read it when I was a sophomore in college. I've talked about this probably a hundred times in here. It's called The Power of Positive Thinking. And of course, I read it at 19 years old, and I was naive enough to actually believe what was in it and practice it. Yeah, I thought, well, I'm just going to try this. And I found that it worked. But there was a... Yeah, my GPA even went up. It's amazing. Um, it's true. It's another story. But he has a story in there that really touched me back in the day. And it's about a trapeze artist teaching his students how to perform the high trapeze bar. And I've shared this story, I think, in here. Anyhow, finally, after giving full explanations and instructions in the skill set, he told them, uh, okay, your time to now demonstrate. You get to try it now. And one student was obviously terrified, and he envisioned himself falling to the ground. He saw himself felling. And he's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And the instructor put his arm around him and said to him, son, you can do it. And I will tell you how. You ready? He says, throw your heart over the bar and your body will follow. I wrote that on an index card and put it on my sun visor. And I just told myself that as a 19-year-old kid over and over and over. When life got difficult, when I got afraid, when I didn't think I could, I heard that voice say, throw your heart over the bar and the body will follow. And I think that's what Jesus is asking from his disciples today. He's saying, you possess it. It is in you. It's faith. And it doesn't have to be huge. It can be just this little bit. But throw your heart over the bar and the body will follow. Just do it and faith will increase. Because see, faith isn't an idea. It's not a concept. It's not a noun. Faith is like a muscle. And when it's exercised and when it's used, that muscle gets stronger. And things happen when we take this much 
and we throw our heart over the bar, the body and life follows. See, having faith, having enough faith does not mean that we'll never struggle with unbelief. It doesn't mean we'll never distrust. Or it doesn't mean we'll never be anxious. It doesn't never mean we'll be afraid or any of that. But one thing I think is important, and Paul reminds us in this reading from Timothy today. He says, God did not give us a spirit of fear, of cowardness. That doesn't come from God. That spirit of fear isn't from God, right? He didn't give us that spirit, but He gave us a spirit of power and of love and self-discipline. And it's this much is all we have to act on. I don't have to be Superman or Batman or Catwoman or whomever else the superheroes are nowadays. I can't keep up. See, all he is asking us to do when he talks about faith is to, be, to know that faith isn't something that we do with our heads. He's talking about something that we do with our hearts, right? Something that we do with our hands, something we do with our feet, something we do with our voices, something we do with our money, something we do with our privilege, with our power, and with our time. And you just need this much. Our Old Testament prophet reminds us that the righteous live by what? Faith, trust. See, being faithful is simply recognizing all of God-given opportunities to show up and do what needs to be done. Just this much. It's not about what we know in our heads. It's about what we do with our hearts. It's about putting it into practice. Just this much. Doing our work at the office. Caring for those in need, protecting the vulnerable, reaching out to the lonely, befriending the friendless, contributing to the common good, hugging your wife, telling them thank you and that you love her, saying thank you to people. I mean, it's simple. It's just this much. You know, I got a letter recently. This is not in my sermon, so this is going to go long. Um, I got a letter recently from a woman. And it's a great letter, and I never heard of this lady, and had no clue who she was. But she wrote me this letter, and she explained this long situation that she had come across and that happened to her. She was an elderly woman. She was on her way to the airport. And I don't know if she was going from, I think, Winter Park or somewhere like that to the airport. And she took an Uber one morning because she's catching a flight, I think it was to Seattle, to see her grandson, her grandkids. Well... On the way, the Uber driver picks her up, gets her suitcases, and making her way to the airport. About that time, the Uber driver pulls over on some exit that she's like, wonder what's going on here. Pulls into an area of town that she's never been to, never seen. There's nothing around, and he's yelling, and he's upset because his car's malfunctioning. He's like, ma'am, you got to go. You got to go. Get out. Go. And she's like, are you not going to call? No. And she's like, you know, can you imagine if somebody did it to your mother? We would have problems. That's another story. Uh, uh, forgive me, Lord, for I've sinned. 
But so he leaves this woman there with her suitcase and she's looking around and there's really nothing around. She says, I notice a house. So I go to this house, I knock on the door and the gentleman answers. He said, sorry, ma'am, I can't help you, you know, or whatever. And I guess she looks across the street or wherever and she sees a building over there. And so this is like probably eight o'clock in the morning or something early in the morning. And so she goes over to this building and uh, she's crying, she's upset and um and the lady there that worked at the office was talking to her. And about that time, this man comes up behind her. And he says, ma'am, 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 ma'am. He said, stop crying. Quit crying. It's okay. God sent you an angel today. And he says, what's, this, what's the situation? And she told him the situation. And that the Uber driver just dumped her there, basically on the side of the street. And he says, I will take you to the airport. And he puts her in the car. He takes her to the airport. And the funny thing is, the reason she wrote me the letter is because apparently this person, and I know who it is, but I'm going to let him remain anonymous, um, is a member of St. Michael's. And she said he talked so favorably about St. Michael's and that he didn't want anything. And I know this person, I can assure you, didn't need anything either. And, and I tried to pay him but he wouldn't take it. But he talks so highly of St. Michael's and how much he loves St. Michael's. And so I want to put and close the check, you know, for, you know, the donation or whatever to the church. And I realized, you know, that this, well, first of all, it was, you know, a good witness to me <laughs> as a priest, right? You know, I'm like, okay. But the point in all of this it's the ordinary stuff that we do time in and time out. And it's taken together. And those moments are blessed by God. And it does things that are extraordinary. It causes people to give thanks to God. It brings people awake to God's presence and reality in their lives. And when you think about it, in the whole scheme of things, Giving someone a ride to the airport, especially an elderly woman who was dumped on the side of the road, yes, it was big to her, but it didn't take much more than that, did it? And that's what Jesus is getting at. And that's why we do all the things that we do around here. You know, on the whole grand scheme of things, it really takes about that much from us. But what God does with that is miraculous. It grows oak trees in people's lives. It's like a mustard seed bush that just keeps spreading and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Right? Just throw your heart over the bar, Jesus says. You don't need much. Just to act on what you have. And I think this is kind of what Jesus intended about this story about the slaves. Their response to their master was this. We've done nothing special or unique to serve you. It's what we do. Serving is what we do. It's who we are, right? Like Jesus, his followers are servants. Slaves to the king, if you will. Even if that bothers your sensibilities a little bit. Let that sink in. Right? We're just followers. We're not. We're servants. We give. 
We put this much, right? We're not volunteers. We serve. Send us now into the world in peace. To do what? To love and serve you with what? Gladness and singleness of heart. That's faith. And Jesus says, you only need this much. The purpose of our lives is just like Jesus. To love. To love. In every act of service, every act of giving, every act of faith, even if it's this big, is an act of becoming love. Becoming who and what we are. So I encourage you. I encourage myself, us, do faith. Just do faith. Let go of the branch. Do faith. Just do it. Just this much. Throw your heart over the bar. And astonishing, miraculous fruits of faith will reward you. But more importantly, it'll glorify God and make His kingdom a reality here on earth as in heaven. Just, just this much. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you liked today's message, please subscribe to our podcast and be sure to tell your friends. You may also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com backslash St. Michael's Orlando. Until next time, remember, God loves you with a love you did not earn, and therefore, you can never lose.